Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast. Depending on which reports you've been reading, you may be getting different information on the rate of ransomware attacks recently. Ransomware groups often disappear after a flurry of activity, only to reappear or rebrand under a different name. So organizations should always remain vigilant against ransomware. To talk about this is Clara Tills, a senior research engineer with Tenable, who likens ransomware protection to home insurance. You don't just stop paying for home insurance just because there hasn't been any natural disasters lately. Likewise, organizations should continue to shore up their cyber defenses even if ransomware has fallen off a bit. Before we get to Claire about the current state of ransomware, here's a quick reminder to subscribe to the My Tech Decisions podcast uh, on iTunes, Google, and Spotify to hear interviews with IT experts that can help you make the best decisions for your organization. And now here's Claire. Yeah, so Claire, go ahead and give uh, give us a little background and uh, tell us who you are. Great. Um, I am a senior research engineer with Tenable. I'm specifically on our security response team. Um, and that team is really focused on tracking and kind of keeping our finger on the pulse of the threat and vulnerability landscape of just kind of what's going on in the industry and digesting, analyzing, and reporting out that information to whomever might need it. We spend a lot of time working with internal stakeholders, but we also do a lot of work with external folks. Um, So our role is not only understanding what's happening, but who needs to know and how do they need to know it and then getting it out there. Um, Yeah. Well, so let's talk about what you know about recent ransomware trends. Um, What can you tell us about no attack volumes over the last uh, few months. We've seen a lot kind of back and forth. Of I, yeah. I feel like every quarter there's as many reports that say the trend numbers are down as yeah, say yeah. that trend numbers are up. Um, and I think I think that kind of misses the mark of we can, especially in um, such a technical industry, we get really caught up with numbers. <laughs> like we, we love quantitative data, which I get, but at the same time, mm-hmm. we want to focus on the point of ransomware attacks are still happening. And it's an industry that we know for a fact is consistently evolving. We've seen over just the few years I've been in the industry, just the evolution and maturity of this industry. Um, grow by leaps and bounds. And so anytime there's a quiet period, I put that in uh, air quotes, anytime there's a quiet period, I get suspicious. I never use the word quiet anymore. I use, it's just suspicious Um, because it likely means that they're regrouping or they're developing new tactics, or we just aren't aware of what they're doing. Mm. Um, One of the concerns I always have when we see reports that ransomware is down is what incidents are we not aware of? What organizations are not part of the sector that requires reporting of data breaches? Because that's not all sectors and not all geographies require that reporting. So there may be a lot that we don't know. We're all basing these analyses on publicly, or in some cases, their customer information. That's not a full sample. That's not necessarily even a representative sample. So drawing conclusions off of that is not ideal. And what I think organizations who are trying to defend themselves really need to remind themselves of is 
defending yourself against ransomware is still going to defend you against many other attacks that aren't focused on ransomware. So don't let it, don't let whatever trend you're reading uh, allow you to rest on your laurels. Those are still actions that you should be taking. It's like, um, it's like any sort of preparedness. I have a very small background in emergency management communication. I did a few projects uh, with uh, local organizations and even if you're in an area that hasn't seen a hurricane in 10 years, you should still have a plan in place. You should still build your buildings to be resistant to those natural disasters, even if it hasn't happened in a while. Um, you don't just say, oh, well, it hasn't happened or the trends are going down. Therefore, we can just ignore it. You still you prepare as if the worst case scenario is going to happen. Right. So why why do we get those ebbs and flows in, in, in ransomware? They kind of alluded to it that you know maybe the, these different groups are you know maybe their infrastructure was was taken down and then now now they're regrouping and they'll come up under a new name as they kind of always do. Um, you know you know what else leads to those ebbs and flows? There's obviously enforcement. We've seen arrests over the years. The Lapsus Group has been pretty famous this year yeah. for. Um, flaring out spectacularly once enforcement got involved. Um, but we see that with some of the more uh, robust, more mature organizations like Conti and Dark Matter and Black Matter, and however else they've rebranded the themselves. Matters, yeah. yeah, all the matters. Um, so once enforcement gets involved, there's a lot of regrouping of if the infrastructure is taken down or if members or leaders of the group are arrested or even just identified, the group will kind of restructure, rebrand. Some will go like right now, we're actually seeing more activity from Conti affiliates now that that group has shuttered mm -hmm. itself. They haven't, some of them have jumped over to other groups, but some of the affiliates themselves have kind of stood up on their own. A lot of them are doing extortion only attacks. Um, and I think we also are seeing more organizations um, learning a bit from Conti and Lapsus. They've seen these groups that got very popular, um, a lot of notoriety, very a lot of attention, and that didn't go well for them. So we see more groups being a little less flashy, being a little more subdued, and quietly being successful rather than going for notoriety because they know notoriety comes with enforcement. Um, I think also a lot of the sanctions we've seen, particularly the decline in cryptocurrency um, mm -hmm. availability and that market's volatility, yeah. um, that was you see a lot of analysis point to that as like a huge inflection point for ransomware and cybercrime in general is, is that cryptocurrency marketplace really booming. And now that it's not booming anymore, they're trying to, I, in my mind, I think that's part of the regrouping is figuring out, okay, how do we get and move our money? It's the same thing you saw. Like if you watched any of the like Narcos TV shows, it's like, okay, well, we've got all this cash. What do we do with that? And we're now right. seeing the digital version of that. It was like, okay, when the freer movement of your payments is tamped down on, what do you do? How do you get paid? How do you make money? Because these are businesses. Right. Uh, so, you know, when we are in one of these, you know, quiet periods, um, you know, how do, how do organizations kind of stay focused on, on you know, just uh, not just ransomware, but all threats and, you know, make sure that they're not going to just kind of... Um, uh, you know, fall asleep at the wheel. I think now when 
things aren't as hectic and I'm going to knock on wood of like when, when things aren't actively going awry, this is the best time to reevaluate longer term plans. Go back to that list you have of when I have time, those, 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 those dream lists of like, okay, when I have time, I'll do this project because it will take longer, or I need to sit down and take a day to really understand this before I kick something off. Reevaluate that list and see if there's something that you can get done now that is a longer term project, whether that's really, you know, reconfirming your asset inventory, making sure you know exactly what you have on your networks, where the, where it is, how secure it is, all of that. Um, finding those those items that may have been on a back burner while you were fighting fires. Now that it's a little quieter, hopefully, um, for now, it's a good chance to reevaluate those, those programs, see if they were working for you, change them if they weren't, and then kind of get, get down to the business of, okay, breathe for a second and then get back to defense. Right. How, how much of this kind of... Um... Um, I don't want to do air quotes again, but how much of this of this you know quiet period can you we attribute to you know what's going on in you know Eastern Europe and how much you know attention is being focused you know uh, on that uh, effort and you know what we're seeing from the cybersecurity space coming out of that. That's that's actually one of my suspicions is. Um, is is that attention aspect. It's not necessarily that fewer things are happening. It's that so much attention is focused on what's happening elsewhere. Um, yeah. We see that a lot of, we'll talk about this as well with like the healthcare industry of we're constantly talking about breaches in healthcare, but that's because they're legally required to publicly report when those happen is when there's something to garner our attention, other things can sneak under the radar. So um, I've seen other folks in the industry talk about it as well. Like if this ever cools down, I wonder what's going to come out of the woodwork of like what 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 kind of sneaky disclosures might we see or what companies might right. uh might have been experiencing something that they're like oh phew someone else has an emergency that we're all focusing on. Yeah, and I think um you know if if that is the case that you know companies will come out and say yeah we were you know breached several months ago. I think that you know kind of is is disappointing since we're all trying to get to the point of, um, you know, cooperation and, you know, we're not trying to cyber shame anyone anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I think that would be, I think that would disappoint a lot of folks. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And it's one of, one of the things that I talk about a lot is um, the ransomware groups and the extortion groups have really found a way to uh, hijack the reputation issue in cybersecurity because they use that as a threat. They use that shame that we as an industry are trying to move away from. You know, we spend as much time now focusing on positive examples of, um, you know, this organization came out, they were transparent, they gave us a breakdown. This is what happened to them. And they did it so that others could defend themselves and learn from this incident. So we're spending as much time uh, talking about the positives as the negatives, but companies are still afraid of that reputational damage. And the extortion and ransomware groups are really capitalizing on that using threat of disclosure of like, we're going to embarrass you. We're going to tank your company's reputation. So you better pay us. And hopefully we can continue moving in that positive direction and more companies. Cause the thing is, is the cybersecurity professionals at these companies may be aware of like, we're better off coming out from the jump and being transparent. The 
issue is getting the C-suite right. involved, getting boards on board um, because their focus is so much more business oriented. It's so much more reputation oriented and they don't live in this industry like we do. They aren't as familiar with our goals to step away from the name and shame. Mm-hmm. Are, are we seeing a little bit of a shift away from ransomware to just extortion? It seems like a kind of a more streamlined way of, of, of convincing people to pay you a bunch of money. Yeah, it's been an interesting kind of uh, ebb and flow and arc we've seen because in the beginning it was just ransomware. We locked down all of your systems. It's got a big scary display uh-huh. screen nobody can access. Um, and then in 2019, the Maze Group first introduced the like double extortion of like, okay, we're gonna lock all your systems and we're also going to steal your data and sell mm-hmm. it back to you. And since then, we've seen triple extortion, quadruple extortion, all types of extortion. Um, And now we've seen kind of the next step of almost stepping down now where uh, ransomware groups are saying, like, we don't actually have to pop any ransomware on your systems. We don't need to do the malware. We can just steal your stuff um, and, you know, go out and sell it to other people. Um, and we have been seeing more of that. And, you know, there's the Karakurt group, there's Ransom House, there's Lapsus, there's the Conti affiliates. We have been seeing more and more um, groups just jumping straight to extortion because it's way simpler. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and that's what we kind of talk about as an industry is like, they're going to go for the low hanging fruit. They're going to like, it's a business decision. It's not just that they're lazy. It's like, okay, how can I make the most money the fastest? And Mm. extortion means they don't have to maintain as much infrastructure. They just have to be able to get in, steal and get out. Right. So how do you defend against that? And and how do organizations kind of pivot from, you know, focusing on on ransomware to just extortion? It's still very similar um, because even though um, ransomware and extortion groups have different goals, they're still using similar things of like ransomware loves targeting Active Directory because it allows them to uh, distribute their malware across an entire corporate network and lock down all of those computers so that a company has to pay in order to do business. Extortion groups love targeting Active Directory because it means they can enumerate and access high-privileged accounts so they can steal the most valuable data. Um, So making sure that your Active Directory is very well configured and you know when accounts are being used in suspicious ways or when access is changed or, you know, all of that, that's really important for both ransomware and extortion. Um, For extortion, we really see issues of social engineering and multi-factor authentication, passwordless, zero trust. Those are important universally, but they've really been the bread and butter of extortion, kind of sticking along the lines of those smash and grab, quick and dirty, um, lower maturity attacks. Um, Maybe not even like lower technicality, I want to say not lower maturity, because it does take maturity to scam a help desk. Um, But as we're seeing ransomware groups start to adopt more zero days of like they're developing their own zero days, which is new and terrifying, and I hate it. Mm. Um, But with on the totally other end of the coin, we're seeing these extortion groups just going with like, no, I can convince your um, support group or your help desk to reset passwords and I'm going to get in that way. Um, so making sure that that 
is really robust and kind of going back to those basics is consistently going to be valuable because it's going to stop the extortion groups, but it's also going to stop the initial access brokers who work with whoever will pay them. Mm-hmm. Um, those those brokers are are probably the least talked about, but most uh, valuable player in this right. ecosystem of like the ransom. It doesn't matter what the ransomware groups are doing if they cannot get that initial access. And so right. those brokers, they're using, they're buying credential dumps, they're using um, phishing uh, lures. And so anything that your organization can do to to lock off those paths are going to pay off dividends. Mm. How, how many, you know, of these attacks, um, you know, they're getting initial access are actually targeting know, IT help desks and, and IT professionals. And if they're successful, that's kind of alarming. If, if these, you know, highly trained IT, IT guys are falling for the same tricks that ordinary end users are falling for. Yeah, I'm not sh- It's hard to know because every organization has their own unique uh, structure of like, there's likely a difference between their kind of standard help desk of like, hey, I can't access my account versus hey, I have malware on my computer sort of thing. Like there's likely uh, stratification there um, where the kind of like more standard fair help desk may not have the familiarity. And also it might, my my concern is also if it's a bigger company, the more, like if it's a tiny company, uh, Jill in IT knows everyone who works there. So if she yeah. starts getting those suspicious um, pings, it's way easier for her to identify, like, I don't know you. <laughs> Whereas if it's a huge, you know, multinational organization, their IT desk is likely just high volume, high pace, high pressure. Like this person needs access. I keep getting pinged. And then you're, they're, they're um, frazzling the decision-making patterns in people's brains. You know, they do the same when they're trying to get people to pay is they're increasing that pressure of, we're going to reach out to your customers. We're going to reach out to your investors. We're going to reach out to journalists so that everyone is yelling at you and you therefore don't have the mental capacity to make good decisions. They're doing the same thing to those help desks. Um, yeah. Is there, is there any kind of increased emphasis around, you know, securing, you know, help desks and kind of spreading that awareness? I've seen it from a, um, a few organizations. I know Microsoft in particular, and I think Okta as well pointed that to uh, pointed out that as a key component after both of them were breached by lapses. Yeah. Um, so I think going from there is of like this happened to us, and here's how you can um, come okay. back from it. Awesome. I think. Awesome. All right, uh, Claire. I think that does it for the questions I had. Unless there's anything else you know you wanted to say about this. No, I think we hit all the points that I had. Awesome, great. Very good, all right, uh, Claire, thanks very much, I appreciate it.